0: From the Boston Globe, this is Rhode Island Report. Ahmed Fitzpatrick. Welcome back to the podcast where we bring you big conversations from our very small state. This week, Rhode Island became the 19th state to legalize recreational marijuana for adults. The new law also automatically expunges all past marijuana possession convictions. State Representative Leonella Felix, a Poteca Democrat, was a leading advocate for the automatic expungement provision. We'll talk with her about that work and what legal marijuana will look like in Rhode Island. That's after this quick break. Welcome back. I'm here with State Representative Leonella Felix. Thank you for joining me today.
1: Oh, my pleasure.
0: So can you give us a quick overview of the final version of the bill that legalizes recreational marijuana for adults in Rhode Island that just passed?
1: You know, for too long, the war on drugs has really impacted our community members, particularly black and brown folks, and really impacted our working families. So what this legislation does is that It allows folks who have cannabis-related records for possession to have their records automatically expunged, meaning that they are removed from the process entirely and not burdened by having to go to court. Our state agencies are the ones to initiate that process. So folks will be able to have possession of cannabis and not be arrested for it if it's the two ounces or less.
0: The original version of the bill did not include a provision for automatic expungement of past convictions for marijuana possession. Tell us about what role you played in pushing for that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. So one of the things, even across party lines, even across our lines of differences that we can all agree in, is that most of us believe that having a cannabis-related record shouldn't impede your ability to be able to get jobs, to be able to get health care. And employment. And we know, like I mentioned before, that our communities have really been devastated by this war on drugs. And that is why the impact of state initiated expungement is so important. So what the expungement does is that you no longer have to file a petition, you really don't have to move a finger. Our agencies are tasked with the responsibility of not only identifying the records, but working collaboratively with the attorney general to be able to clear it from the public portal so that when you go and you do get a background check, that no longer shows up. And they have until July 1st of 2024 to clear all those cannabis possession related charges from people's records. And right now we've identified over 27,000 records records. So that's a lot of folks initially who are going to be impacted. And I spent months working with my fellow legislators and advocates to make sure that this was included in the bill because of its monumental impact. As someone who has had a criminal record, I know what it's like to suffer from the consequences of having a criminal record, For years, I struggled to be able to find housing. I was fired from every job every single time or even not given opportunities just because I would check that box that said, yes, I have a criminal record. I was a straight A student in high school. I couldn't go to school because in my case, I had a felony. So I know what it's like to have that record on you as as a clutch to not be able to attain and get those opportunities. And I really didn't want my fellow Rhode Islanders to have to go the same struggles or continue to have those struggles, particularly when we're making revenue from the legalization of cannabis. It's just unfair.
0: Yeah, you've talked about how this is a personal issue for you and you've talked about being arrested as a teenager, right? So what happened and how would your life have been different if you hadn't been able to move past that and expunge that record?
1: I definitely don't think I would have been here <laughs> sitting with you having this interview, that's for sure, because for me it was extremely difficult. I wouldn't have been able to go to law school. I wouldn't have been able to go to college. I don't think I would ever been able to represent my community of Pawtucket up at the state house. I don't know where I would have been had it not been for the opportunity that was granted to me in terms of being able to clear my record.
0: And if I can ask, was your charge related to marijuana or some other drug or or what did it entail?
1: It was related to another drug, not marijuana.
0: Can you say what? I'd rather not. Do you think this is going to make a difference for a lot of people?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's going to be a lot more opportunities that folks can access. We know that drugs in particular are a barrier for a lot of folks in regards to getting different types of licenses, being able to get college credits or being able to even access educational opportunities.
0: During Tuesday's debate on the House floor, you noted that police chiefs and other officers were standing in the gallery objecting to the proposed legislation. They argued that Rhode Island has no way to determine if a motorist is driving under the influence of marijuana. They say it's unsafe. What do you say?
1: I say we will figure it out together. We're not the only legislation. We're not the only state to legalize cannabis. We're not the first and we're not the last. This is an issue that is real. I'm not saying that it's not real in terms of not having the the tools necessary in order to get impaired drivers. But again, I don't think this is something that should stop us from legalizing it. We know that folks are using it. We know that this is very prominent. So we just need to figure it out together
0: the bill allows for retail licenses for worker owned cooperatives what does that mean and why was it important to do that
1: so one of the barriers to be able to access the cannabis industry apart from restrictions when it comes to having a criminal record is the accessibility of it licenses are extremely expensive we know even to be able to get a license you need thousands of dollars which I definitely don't have in my bank account, right? And many Rhode Islanders don't either. So the idea was to be able to have folks join forces to be able to access the industry. Again, if we can pile together, let's say everyone on this call or everyone who's listening want to say, let's all join together and open up a distribution center or let's open up a dispensary, right? We can do that because we can pull our funds together and we can pull our resources together versus individually trying to access the market by ourselves.
0: What other measures put into place in your own words that would rebuild trust in the justice system with the very communities targeted – by the failed war on drugs policy, primarily people of color. What are some of the other measures in the bill that do that?
1: The most important one is something we already talked about, which was the automatic expungement. The other one is in regards to fair licensing, making sure that those who have criminal records are able to access those licenses, are able to access the revenues that are, are to be made, right? That are able to access the market in particular, is extremely important because, again, what my point in terms of building equity and trying to advocate for this bill for so many months is that we cannot gain revenue from it and not see that people have been criminalized by it and that their lives have been devastated by the war on drugs and then not in some even small way try to fix that. In our mind, is that exactly is ensuring that we right the wrongs of these policies that have been disastrous to our communities.
0: How does Rhode Island's marijuana legalization law compare to laws in other states?
1: So unlike the other 18 states that have legalized cannabis, they've waited years before they actually address the equitable pieces of their legislation. They figured out first, let's do the revenues. And once we get the revenues, we'll figure everything out. We put equity in the forefront of this bill, which meant prioritizing the fair licensing, prioritizing the expungements, social equity that we put into the bill. So for us, this is why this bill nationwide is at the forefront, because we made sure that we prioritize our communities, not just revenues for legalizing cannabis
0: you were first elected in november 2020 yes (laughs) Uh, what's been the best part of your first term and what's been the biggest disappointment
1: oh that's a really good question the best part has been to really do to really be able to uplift the voices of my community you know this legislation in particular and in with all the legislation that I've had the privilege to work on it really shows the importance of having elected officials who have lived experience to be up at the state house not just with this but with many other issues right having this experience has really shown me in terms of how is it that you can change people's mind by your lived experience and a lot of the substance use and a lot of the legalization really shows the importance of bearing those struggles and bringing it up to the state house. So for me, that has been extremely rewarding being able to see that. The most challenging is learning how to navigate this role, being that it's, I'm putting it in air quotes, a part-time legislature with a full-time job with personal responsibilities while still being an effective leader for my community. That has been the most extreme challenge in terms of trying to balance all of the above.
0: If you could give a message to your younger self, what would it be?
1: I guess I would tell my younger self to believe in herself. You can be bigger and better than your mistakes. You're not just that one mistake. And to strive on to not give up, because there were many, many instances in my younger time where I did want to give up. And... To be quite honest, if I would have gone back in time and told myself, I probably wouldn't have believed it anyway. But I would just tell myself to not give up and have hope and believe that things do get better.
0: You now work as the ethics education coordinator in Providence City Hall, right? Yes. I take it you're the busiest person in America right now, right? (laughs) I'm just just kidding. But tell, tell us what that job entails.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So at the city, I do ethics education for new employees and current employees, I do ethics training, so I make sure that they comply with their code of ethics requirements. And I also do ADA trainings as well. So making sure that people know what their responsibilities are with the Providence Code of Ethics, as well as the State Code of Ethics.
0: And ADA's Americans with Disabilities Act, right?
1: Yes, correct.
0: I see your dog tried to enter the conversation just there. Tell me about your three dogs. I know you're home now and I love their names. Give us their names. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so I have a Jack Russell Chihuahua mix named Chiquita. I have a Chihuahua who's five pounds named Chanel. And then I have another Chihuahua named Lord Blackington, a.k.a. Bubba, uh, <laughs> who's the newest <laughs> member of the family.
0: <laughs> well, and Representative Leonella Felix, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Absolutely. It's my pleasure. And thank you for making the time.
0: Here are some more stories to check out this week in Globe, Rhode Island. After a four-alarm fire, what's next for the Wayfinder Hotel in Newport? My colleague Alexa Gagas has the details. My colleague Brian Amaral has the latest on the state's new license plates. It looks like Rhode Island will miss the deadline to get them on cars by July. And our Globe columnist Dan McGowan explains what Boston can learn from the state takeover of Providence schools. For these stories and more, go to globe.com slash Rhode Island. That's globe.com slash Rhode Island. Rhode Island Report is a production of the Boston Globe. Today's episode was produced by Megan Hall, Carlos Munoz, and Amy Padula. Audio mixing and mastering by Marissa Ewing of Hemlock Creek Productions. Our music is from APM. I'm Ed Fitzpatrick. See you next week.